Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're a triumph or a letdown, from maybe Katie to what a letdown, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. Back in Japan, they did not understand. They sent him back here. It's my co-host, Evan. Uh, I may go back someday, and he'll have a huge buffet for me. It's my co-host, Saker. Oh, boy. Uh, Evan, our buffet's dead. Have have buffets gone the way of the dodo in uh, post-COVID times? Yeah, definitely. We're definitely but, uh, not. There's I no possible for, way to buffet in this environment. For now, of course. But even, let's say, a year from now, are people going to feel comfortable with people touching their... Like, will post-COVID COVID fears about buffets go... We're jumping right in today. I'm not asking you how mm-hmm. you are, how you're doing. I just want to know no, about no fucking CeCe's Pizza. That is my only care in the world right now. Like, I don't know why you're so into CeCe's Pizza. You can buy, like... I mean, how much does it cost? Like, the pizza buffet was, like, $8? No, it was, like, four ninety nine. Oh, God, that's that horrifying. Pe- it's fucking great. You and I don't can't... have to I don't have to feel the guilt of like I have to eat the crust. I can just make a fucking stack of 40 crusts on my plate. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, you can you don't have to eat the crust because, you know, you're just wasting food now. Listen, there's no I... guilt if you're not paying for it, right? <laughs> it's exactly true. Yes, if if I don't feel like it's my personal pizza, mm. then I can just throw it out. Who cares? That's why at like a at like Chinese buffets, I like to get a whole plate of like General Tso's cuz that's like my favorite thing, obviously, it's everyone's favorite thing. And then I'll yeah. take one bite and if like the chicken is like stringy or gamey, I'll just empty the plate out. Just throw it right in the trash. Dump it onto the floor. Plate and all. Yeah. I mean, that's what they get paid for, right? Well, here's the thing. My my garbage slab. At at most places, it's all you can eat, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. All you can eat implies, yes, I can eat the crust. I could. But at CC's, it's all you care to eat. And I don't care Mm -hmm. to eat those crusts, my friend. So I feel even less guilt when it's an all you care to eat restaurant. So is there a such thing as a crustless pizza? Ooh, like an uncrustable for pizza, baby. Um, I don't a yeah. pizza that goes all the way up to the edge. Fuck, I don't think there is, but I think that you've just you've, I mean, you've struck like, a million like, dollar idea. Like the Chicago deep dish pizza doesn't it has a crust, but it doesn't have like a like a full on crust. Like you wouldn't I, you wouldn't separate the crust from the pizza itself. It's more like a lasagna. I it's true, but I gotta tell you, as a man who just had deep dish pizza for his anniversary several days ago. Um, mm-hmm. it, that cr- I had to go upstairs and get a bottle of barbecue sauce because I needed to fucking plus up that crust somehow. That crust was so dry. The pizza, so good. But then I had a big ass, it's a thick, not, not thick like mm-hmm. horizontal, but thick vertical crust. And I was like, it's just mm-hmm. bread. I don't want to eat bread. I don't yeah. know. Well, what about like a thin crust pizza, like from like a Donato's or something? It doesn't, it doesn't have a crust hardly at all. Like, you know, a traditional. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I guess so. But but I I'm not a I'm not a cracker fan. I like that I like that ooey gooey so soft and chewy as long as it has toppings on top. But when you get to the end and it's just crust and there ain't no toppings, I just I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is here. I think you've hit the solution on the head. The solution is we need to have a, a thick pizza that's goopy all the way to the very fucking end. No crust. What is the what what is the purpose of crust? I like it. I think we've but, had this debate, this exact debate, like seventeen times on this podcast. But I'm a, I'm a crust fan. Like especially like a good crust. If you get like the, like the toppings, like the garlic sauce and the shit, it's just like a breadstick, man. Sure, but that's that's not what I'm asking. What is the purpose? Is it a place to put your thumb? That it doesn't have toppings. What's the purpose of the? 
the point of the pizza? Like, you can't, like, you're not asking me, like... Oh, but what I'm saying is that the, like the toppings... Like, questions. The toppings part is clearly better than the crust part. Agree or disagree? Agreed. So then why not whole toppings? What is the point of the crust? Why not just put toppings up because to the I end? the crust, too. I get... Okay, if somebody said... You the can have a, the crust is a palate cleanser before your next piece of pizza. Everyone knows that. If somebody said you could have an infinite number of Reese cups, or you can have uh, an infinite number of Reese cups, but for every hundred you eat, you have to eat a Hershey's bar. Like I like Hershey's bars, but I would rather have infinite Reese mm-hmm. cups. Like why not? Why would you ever like a palate cleanser? I guess, but I'd rather just have more shit. I guess, but like I like the crust. It's like. You can have a hundred steaks. Um, do you want them with potatoes too? Like, you know, like, do you want sides? You know, is the thing, right? I so you're you're counting the. See, I don't, I don't just want to the... eat like a. So your your ideal thing is just a conveyor belt, like a pizza that is in the shape of a conveyor belt that just feeds right into your mouth and has no end and no beginning, like an arborin <laughs> worm devouring its own tail. One hundred percent. And let me let me express this to you. I think my metaphor is more apt than your steak metaphor because. I think that the crust is just a shitty version of the pizza. Just like the Hershey bar is a shitty version of a Reese, right? A potato and a steak, different things entirely. But a crust is made of the same stuff as a pizza, except it's just lesser. Disagree. Okay. <laughs> literally, disagree. literally made of the same stuff. How can you disagree? I, I understand, but they're fundamentally different in mouthfeel. And I mean, a, a nice pillowy crust with like a lot of little... Like the bubblies in it, if you got some like garlic Ooh. sauce on it, if you maybe have a dipper, you might need a dipper, but you know, I don't usually use the dippers. Mm-hmm. If I get like the Romano crust or something like that, like I can, I, I enjoy it. Like I enjoy a good crust. Now I gotta say, I've been over to your house for socially distanced movie night twice since this coronavirus has started. Mm-hmm. Both times you ordered pizza for everybody. Everybody got their own individual pizza. And for me, you asked the pizza place to put... All the fixins on my crust. There was cheese, seven types of cheese. There was garlic mm-hmm. sprinkles. There was Italian herbs. And mm-hmm. you, so you know how to do the crust up right. You're right. If you differentiate it enough from the pizza, then I could see a crust being a treat. But still, at a mm-hmm. CC's, getting back to the original idea, at CC's, the crust is like shit. So I'm just going to leave it well, on yeah. my plate. <laughs> I'd say at, at CC's, the pizza kind of tastes like shit too. Sort of. And we have pizza buffets here. We have our Massies. We have our... We have places. But the problem is that they don't have the variation that a CC's does. A CC's, you can get a barbecue chicken, and you can get a macaroni and cheese, and you can get a, a mm-hmm. buffalo, and a pepperoni, and a supreme. But at a Massey's, it's like, we got supreme, we got pepperoni. Enjoy. And it's like, I guess. I don't know. I just... CC's is the best of all worlds. Again, got to disagree with that, bud. <laughs> All right, I guess. I guess. I'm a quantity over quality sort of guy. So is, like, Bare Naked Ladies the CC's pizza of bands? There is a... Well, speaking of quality, mm-hmm. let's talk about this week's song. <laughs> this week's song is called Quality, and if you've never heard it before, here is a quick sample. Show me the venue when I'm on the menu. It's personalized. The life of the party. I'm like 
All right, Ab, quality. That was a fantastic segue, friend. I got it. I don't know if it was if if it was intentional or not, but goddamn, that was that was in there, in there. Um, Mm -hmm. let me tell you, quality. Um, most days, uh, for my son's snack time, I will say, "Hey Google, play snack time." And mm-hmm. our Google Dot will play the song Snack Time. And then it'll maybe play some uh, some Bear Naked Lady songs afterwards. Uh, and today, right after Snack Time, it randomly started playing Quality. Out of all Weird. the hundreds of Bear Naked Lady songs it could have played. Wild. So somewhere, I think Big 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 Nake knew that I was doing this song mm-hmm. today. I just felt like I should tell you that anecdote. Um, Ev, this is a song I've listened to Bear Naked Ladies or Men many times. Did not sound familiar to me at all. Uh did yeah. you have any initial impressions as you heard this song? Um, it sounded like like a Death Cab for Cutie song, like Ed's voice. Like he was wow. trying to get that sort of like that Ben that Gibbard sort of like emo, not quite not quite whining, but pretty close voice. But the yeah. song isn't. It's not definitely not a like a Death Cab song. But he sounded sure. like he was aiming for that, which I kind of enjoyed him trying to stretch his vocal palette, just like I enjoyed Steve singing in the falsetto last time. Sure. But again, that was a that was a uh, one dot of toppings on a otherwise <laughs> relatively undressed crust I, of this song. I would agree. This song, that's the perfect. I'm glad we let in with all that shit because this <laughs> song is 100% an undressed crust. Um, yeah, see, listeners, you have to listen to our initial banter. Otherwise, <laughs> the rest of the show will make no sense to you. You're missing. Uh, if you wait for that first woo-hoo-hoo, if you're just hitting 30 seconds forward until you hear the sample of the song, you're missing out. Um, yeah, this song does some stuff interesting. I like. I thought this song sounded very 90s, maybe like 90s Death Cab. Maybe this was sort of a transatlanticism mm-hmm. sort of vibe to this. It had a neat echoey sound that kind of traveled from ear to ear at the beginning with these like crunchy mm-hmm. guitar chords every once in a while, um, which I yeah. thought was cool. But even in terms of the sound, I felt like this song sounded empty somehow like it was recorded in a big warehouse where they're like it was just like a big echoey like empty sound um and obviously i'm no longer saying that it was an accident Mm -hmm. i don't think they made accidents i think it's just you know beautiful coincidences um but i just don't think it was the best choice for this song i don't know what this song just look I was listening to this song on YouTube, looking at the cover of the album, and I couldn't help but think that they just had this kitchen sink ethos in this whole album. Just like why go through why? Why why go through the process of spending money uh, on studio time for this unbelievable deep cut about nothing serving no one? And it it spiraled me into like what is an artist's job? Do they what is an Do they job? do they do they exist to serve themselves? Like I don't know. Is this Ed's Vanity Project song? I don't know. I don't think artists have jobs per se. Like, you to produce art, I guess, would be the artist's job. But at the same time, you know, what is art? Oh, this this clearly is not art. This is not art. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I think we're both in agreement there. Good. I liked the uh, like, like that sort of like sonar beep that like went through the whole song. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Again, like, interesting. Kev just like Kev like got in, got like the submarine pack. For, the, uh, for his keyboard synthesizer. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, that kitchen sink sort of like, I don't know, toss it in. Why not? Uh-huh. Let's do it. I think that like they could have, the they could have, if this song had been like one verse shorter, I think I would have liked it a bit more. Like they could have just cut out the whole part about Japan and then the last chorus, I think 
if this song had been two and a half minutes instead of four and change, I think I would have enjoyed it more, but it just felt like it went on forever. Yeah, it is a four minute song, which is relatively rare for this album. Um, and it definitely feels the entirety of its length. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So cutting out. So you're saying ending with that bridge. That would be. Int- well, I mean, well, you, the bridge would go right back into the chorus. Just to go to the chorus. Again. Sure. Bridge to chorus. Yeah. And just cut out the Japan. Well, cutting out the Japan, I feels like would cheapen. Let's talk a little bit about the lyrics of this song before we go back and talk musically. Okay. Um, lyrically, Ed has kind of said that this is a nonsense song. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of come out and stated that, but I feel like there is a narrative to this song. Um, did you pick up on any clues or any thoughts that you may have had about the lyrics here? Um, it's about Alex, right? Al- oh, don't do my op, Alex? Yeah, yeah obviously. <laughs> okay, please tell me how it's about Alex. He's the life of the, he's the life of the party. That's true. Enhanced he- with high technology, he goes to England. He goes to Japan. He goes to the Netherlands. That's true. Probably the only person to to complete the trifecta of Japan, England, yeah, Netherlands. I mean, like, tell me how this is not about Alex, right? <laughs> that- if you can't, if you can't, if it, it can't be beat, if you're not down, don't demar up, my friend. Don't oh. lose your feet. If it's not down, it's it's up. That should be Alex's catchphrase. <laughs> Jesus, that's pretty good. Um, but here's the only problem. What side of the road do they drive cars on in the Netherlands? Because if he went um, to England, I don't know if he'd say they drive cars on the other side. Yeah, good question. I, don't know. I, I hung with the stars there. You know they drive cars there. On the other side. They... Yeah, neither do I. But I assume... I assume it's just. Well, he the... might be talking about the. Uh, he might be talking about the other side of the English Channel. Like you know, they drive cars over there too. <laughs> sure. This is surprising to his friends who have never been outside of the Nether. Oh, they have cars there too. Very cool, Alex. Yep. <laughs> is it okay to do a Netherlands accent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah, I think um, that's what we've uh for our game. We've all we've all settled on like because we still like doing accents, right? Mm-hmm. You can't you can't have a game without some accents running sure. around the table. So we've just settled basically. Any white accent is on is not off limits. That's our. So if you want to do a Brit a- British accent, you want to do German, you want to do Spanish sure. is pushing it a little bit. Um, Scottish. So we, we, we don't do that, but like Irish, yeah. Scottish, you know, all the all the Isles, all the Northern Eastern Europe sort of stuff. Yeah. That those are all good. Um, can I ask you a a TTRPG accent based question that is going to be relevant to perhaps none of our listeners? Okay. Obviously, obviously, it is a no go for a white person to do a very broad characterization of an accent for a culture that is not white, right? Like the Jamaican accent and the, we've talked about this on the, another postcard episode, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Is it ever okay to do a big, broad characterization of a person that is not of your race but not based on their race. For example, like if I did a Louis Armstrong or like a Bill Cosby, because those are not, they're, they're certainly black people, but I'm not, the impression that I'm doing is not, you know, I'm not doing like a black accent. Would that be okay in a TTRPG? So first, um, let me just say, I'm not the person who's qualified to answer this. <laughs> sure, of course not. I'm speaking I don't as a person who, whose opinion on this, this uh, doesn't really, <laughs> shouldn't weigh into anyone's consideration i'd say it's probably okay to do an like an accent based on a specific person as long as that accent isn't somehow related to their culture and or skin color like sure you know like 
if you did like a bobcat gold I, th- I feel like a louis armstrong <laughs> impression and a bobcat goldthwaite impression are pretty much in the same <laughs> yeah like, i would say like, so area and that's fine i feel like that's okay um but you know what if anyone was sitting at my i would say beforehand like hey i'm gonna do this weird accent <laughs> anyone has even the slightest problem with it just of course you know pm me or something always and I will cut it out immediately because keep, i do not yeah. want to offend anyone with a ridiculous accent keep that x card on hand for every game it's perfect yes. um yeah because i i tr- i love doing the the I, I obviously he's a horrible person and very problematic but that bill cosby accent mm-hmm. god it's a good time it's just it's just fun it's just a good mm-hmm. clean fun i would say um just like he used to be good clean fun or at least our per- public perception really? of him. he was even back then do you remember like the pull up your pants tour he did like, <laughs> i guess so. back in the 90s like where he was just like telling racist jokes <laughs> about Af- other african-american people i guess like, so i hadn't thought about that he was never he was never that i mean he was good in in the context of like the huxtables sure yes and i yeah. think that you know and he was he did have some like he did have some funny comedy, but at the same time, he's a very problematic individual sure. on I, a lot of levels. You know, I never listened to his bits on record. I did just know him through the Cosby show, so you're right. I'm sh- I remember hearing about the, the pull-up-your-pants bit, though. So, um, Anyway, yeah. So I, I, was, I was actually on board with you. Getting back to Alex, getting back to this Netherlands accent. <laughs> I, I think the narrative of this song is a band leader who thinks he's the mm-hmm. shit... And maybe he is. He thinks he's attractive. He's saying he has quality biology inspired by Greek mythology, right? With your feet, my quality biology inspired some Greek mythology. Literally, he's saying, like, fucking look at me. But he's probably not the shit, right? He tours England. He makes no big impression. He says they barely notice me. He thinks about perhaps a significant other who once said that they would go with him and never did. He kind of gave me the impression that he's kind of a fucking loser, right? Um, Back in Japan, he toured there. They didn't understand him. They sent him back. Back in Japan, they did not understand. They sent me back here. Look at Like, he has more money than popularity. He can afford to tour but nobody comes to his dumb shows. Um, like, and, and then he repeats this refrain of like, hey, if you're not down, vote with your feet, right? Like, almost uh-huh. to protect himself. Like, I'm not owned. I'm not owned. It's fine. I don't even care. Just vote. Just don't come. <laughs> like, I don't know. He just seems like, he seems like kind of a loser, right? Serving up quality. You can't be beat. If you're not down, vote with your feet. My well, he's a loser, but he has a pretty high opinion of himself. Yeah. Right? Well, like, I think a lot of, lo- I mean, Trump, I think a lot of losers have high opinions of themselves, uh, especially if they are affluent, if they come from some sort yeah. of family or some sort of money. He's like um, a, a walking Denning-Kruger effect. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, another kind of Trumpism, that bridge really seems like he's trying to convince someone. You know, it's <laughs> all true. I swear to you. May lightning strike me dead. Oh, cause you're not at home tonight. I swear to you. 
people are like, dude, no, you no, you, this didn't happen. And he's like, uh, uh yeah, it did, yeah, it did. <laughs> like, no, <"Nuh> uh, <laughs> truly, maybe this is a song about. Maybe this is where a couple episodes ago I asked them to make some sort of commentary about Trump, and time traveling Stephen Page heard my request and put quality on this album for me. Several tracks later, so perhaps that is that's their their response to to affluent dumb shits who want to convince the world that they're not dumb shits. Um, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe, Ev, this is all a bad portent because we understand through the lyrics that his mirology is studied in theology. And of course, mirology, as I'm sure that you know, uh, is the uh, like the study of bad uh, stories happening, like the, the uh, sad destiny stories, uh, is the only the only where explanation. Find, where did you find that definition? I found that definition on definitions.net. <laughs> so was it somebody commenting on that? Yeah, it was. It was Nico. It was because there is no definition on definitions.net. It was, yeah, Nico Pantamakis said, Morology is stories about someone's destiny, often a sad version. Yeah, so it's just somebody making it up. Morology is not a word. Really? Um, no, it's not a study of anything. If it were, like, if it were from, like, if they were using Latin, um, like, it would be, like, the, the Latin mirror to, like, wonder. So mm. somebody who studies, like, wonderful things, if they're going off of Greek, like the meromai, you could be, it'd be like, that would be more like what you were saying, where it would be somebody who is studying how people's fate is determined mm. um, because that means to like merubai is like the verb that like receive one's due. Interesting. Um, so uh, anyway, but so it's not really a word and I'm 99% sure they got the fucking lyrics wrong on Google and he says neurology. Oh really? Like I listened to it. I listened to it slow like nine times and it's like nine times out of 10, I heard N neurology, okay. not okay. neurology. Neurology, neurology interesting that would make a lot more sense uh, it's interesting. And that would make a lot more sense yeah well i mean n- morology not that it can't be a word but there are there's another song called morology by paper nut cambridge uh which i'm gonna put a little sample of right here Yeah, yeah is... I came across that. That was a bad song. <laughs> I, I actually haven't listened to it yet. I'm excited to listen to it. <laughs> but you cannot doubt definitions.net. Ev, did you know the numerical value of the word morology in Pythagorean numerology is six? I got that information from definitions.net, and you're fucking doubting them. That wasn't a definition. It was somebody's comment on the fact that there is no definition. Hmm numerology rhymes with all those other words so it seems relevant i don't know (laughs) boy it truly this is another and i think the last time we talked about this was perhaps uh it's out on the escarpments from testing one two three but this is another ed cracking open his rhyming dictionary and just fucking running down that list right like that the chorus is not a lot of fun to this one (laughs) i feel like it's garbage Mm -hmm. where he's just saying words um what do you think? Correct? Not correct? Yeah. I mean, he's 
he's just it's just a silly song kind of like and i mean unlike silly songs that ed has done in the past i feel like this one isn't total gibberish like Mm -hmm. it's all at least like i can see when i read a line like send me back there but look at them now they're rubbing my cow and feeding it beer like i can see how that is even like tangentially related to the thrust of the song which is this guy's kind of just a you know a uh, con man sure. whatever he's doing sort of thing look at them now they're rubbing my cow there and feeding it beer uh, on that line i did ask my partner both you and my partner have been to and, and studied in japan for a long time uh about you know in japan do they feed cows beer and she did relate to me an apocryphal story about uh kobe beef where to produce mm-hmm. quality kobe beef they feed the cows sake um but she said that that doesn't actually happen and it was part of some like documentary or something that that caught uh uh you know caught caught, caught the mainstream um but that might be what ed is referencing with that line uh, which i thought was kind of interesting have you ever heard anything like that I have heard that they fed them beer and like mas- massage them and stuff. And I'm sure that, you know, I've never looked into it, but I'm sure that in some cases they might have, but you sure. know, who cares? Sure. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's just high quality beef that yeah. they spend a lot of time working on. Sure. I always wanted to like turn, like, I feel like I want like, like the chicken equivalent of Kobe beef. Like, I feel like that'd be something you could do if like a movement within like, I don't know, our city, like Columbus is like columbus chicken yeah and we have like the chickens that we uh, are free range and we take good care of them and we feed them high quality food and sake and sure you know, take them to chicken massages and sure. allow them to <laughs> stretch their wings or whatever makes chickens more delicious it's, i feel like that'd be something to do it's interesting that you can get the most quality or at least the most uh the, a delicacy out of an animal if you treat it like kobe beef and be really sweet to it and get it drunk and massage mm-hmm. it or if you go the the pate route where you fucking just stick a tube down its throat and shove it full of grains for 24 hours a day and just get it disgustingly fat and get its liver all fatty so no middle grounds no middle sliders as they say on on some podcasts right mm-hmm. like we want we want to either be super shitty to our animals or super good to our animals um Columbus kind of has a history of, of interesting chicken. We have Hot Chicken Takeover, which is kind of getting famous-y. Uh, Nashville Hot Chicken. We also had Mer- Morgan Spurlock's uh, famous uh, Holy Chicken restaurant. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Fa- famous uh, famous uh, 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 sexual assaulter Morgan Spurlock, I believe. Famously sexual assaulted <laughs> in, in Morgan Spurlock. Yeah, we also had... Um, I used to call it the chicken district because it was one place on the way to OSU that I would drive by every day and it had a church's chicken on one corner, Ooh. a Popeye's on the other, a, KF, a KFC on the other. Hot so damn. it was like a three-way a three-way intersection. It had a chicken on every chicken place on every corner, but they're all gone now except for churches. Oh. So it's not no longer the chicken district. Never, it's sad. We're talking a lot about fast food in this episode. I've, I've, I love my Popeye's. I love my KFC. I've never had a church's. I've we did a my partner and I did a Popeyes and KFC side by side taste and I think Popeyes we enjoyed more. Oh, Popeyes is the king easily easily. Yeah, Popeyes is great. Um, I will get Popeyes. KFC is a last ditch. I if I have to eat and there's a KFC there, I will do it. Popeyes I will go out of my way for. Mm-hmm. Are you? Uh, I don't. Are there any? Are there? Are there any fast foods you go out of your way for? No. Okay. All right. I I'm a I fucking love fast food. God, I wish I could eat it more, but I have to get keep this figure in check, my friend. 
Um, <laughs> that's right. You're so svelte. I am uh, very. That's not true. Got that? I got that skinny fat, as they say. Uh, that nerd skinny fat, where you look skinny. We're both the same. Mm-hmm. But yep. as soon as I take off my shirt, I got that paunch. I got that uh, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, nonsense. Uh, more than just the lyrics are nonsense. Let's talk a little bit about the solo in this song. Okay. meandering guitar that that just kind of moans and repeats and ends. I actually kind of liked the guitar like I felt like they really? were he was just kind of noodling and being real weird with it but like it kind of it felt like it was part of a different song yes <laughs> and I kind of liked that they do they noodle a lot in the background until they get to the solo and I felt like I've been reading my son this children's book called Strega Nona have you ever read it uh yeah okay yeah not to not to my son but I've been I've read it before in my in my life sure it's the the magical pasta pot and uh, he's uh, big Anthony says the magic words to the pasta pot and he can't remember how exactly to stop it and so the pasta keeps coming out he tries to put a lid on the pot I feel like this song because early in the song we hear that noodling in the background that like just asymmetrical fucking weird ass and it's him trying to put the lid on the pasta pot and it's trying to come out on the other side they barely and then finally when we get that solo the pasta has broken free from the pot there's no keeping it mm-hmm. deep in there anymore um yeah the solo escapes i feel like more than earns its place it's just like the ghosts have freed themselves from the ecto trap and are now have now come out to play um yeah very very strange very strange um the noodling in the background comes at my least favorite part of the lyrics uh which are over in england everything bent but i'm satisfied i hung with the stars there you know they drive cars there long pause (laughs) on the other side i hung with the stars there you know they drive cars there on the other side that long pause is i think the worst tease in Bare Naked Ladies history because they're so known for their twists and their turns and their puns. And it's setting you up for a joke because a joke is just a reversal of expectations. We know whatever's coming out here has to rhyme with the word satisfied. And we know that Uh we're talking about England and he says, you know, they drive cars there (laughs) on the other. Like that's exactly what we expect. It's the worst non-twist in Very Good Ladies history. And I feel like it's truly a disservice giving us the most basic version of what's about to come. It sucks. I, I hated that line. It made me upset. Anything in this song make you upset of? <laughs> um, not really. Like, it was just generally... It was kind of a just a, a noodly song. Yeah. Um, did, did the part about Billy Barty God, make you upset? Of, it's personalized. The life of the party like Billy Barty, but regular size. No, I love Billy Barty. He's fucking amazing. Sure. Well, again. Well, I mean, I guess the. I didn't like the. I didn't like the uh, um, regular size thing that came after. Yes. Like I would have said, the life of the party. I'm like Billy Bar- Barty, but much larger size. Exactly. Or something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to like. I don't want to normalize height. I mean, being someone who has on the opposite end of the spectrum, I'm very tall. I uh, um, I just uh. And also, I I love little people. <laughs> sure, I, I'm a big fan of Billy Barty's work. It, 
like seriously i'm a big fan like uh, gwildor and master of the universe he was uh um high aldwin and willow um he was the character model that they used the rotoscope for both sam and bilbo and the ralph bakshi lord of the rings yeah i i, I, I followed um his career I've, i loved him ever I, since i saw him in willow yeah I, I i had never seen any billy Barty, and looking at his filmography i oh he was in uhf oh that's that guy oh okay 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 yeah 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 that's the only thing he's got a very singular voice i can't I can't believe you haven't seen like the Dolph Lundgren Masters of the Universe. No, that holds no. Why would I have ever uh, seen that? <laughs> because you were alive when it came out, I, and it's a ridiculous movie. Eighty-seven. I was two years old, I guess. Right, but I mean, it's it's still like yeah, it's still around. Yeah, in the, it was still around in the nineties. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, he is dead. He is dead. Oh boy, he died twenty years ago. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I mean, he was he was very old even back then. Yeah, seventy-six. Um, yeah, I, we, no, he founded the, uh, um, little people of America. So like the, really? the actors guild that helps like helps, uh, deal with like little people oh, cool. issues in acting because I mean, they've, I mean, obviously they've had a traditional little people have always had a, a foothold in acting. I mean, even from, you know, the court jester days, but you don't really want to be in that, posi- sure. that position, right? He did. It looks like he, he kind of, uh, butted heads with Hervé Villachez who insisted that they were called, uh, the M word. Uh, and he insisted that they were dwarves yeah. and little people, which is interesting. Yeah, so he was kind of like okay with that court gestury sort of thing, and and Billy Barty was not. Yeah, yeah, like the yeah the M word is not it's still not really uh, uh, spoken of in those circles. Sure. So sure. Yeah, but I'm a big fan. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, he was a it was it was in a Willow that I think I saw him first with Warwick Davis, who I'm also I also love very very much. Um, so uh, he was he's the voice of Fig- I could talk about little people all fucking day. He's the voice of Figment at Epcot. I loved Figment as a child. Interesting. <laughs> there um, you go. See, we're we're uh, we're, we're we're bridging your gaps. Sure. Buddy. Absolutely. Bridging gaps in your knowledge. Um, yeah, I, I, I took I took on bridge, of course, with that sort of ableist line. But again, you and I are just coming off of uh, we just recorded two days ago an episode for I Can Sing. Uh, which contained the line Ghetto Blaster. And we did, uh, folks who are not on the Patreon, boy, oh boy, you got to get on that. <laughs> we said we would show for the Patreon on our mainline episodes. You got to get mm-hmm. on that Patreon. Um, and uh, this one kind of smacks of the same sort of like in 2009 saying somebody is regular size as opposed to a little person. Like it probably wouldn't have been so, uh, you know, uh, uh, wouldn't have had so many yeah. eyes on it as it did today. Same with saying ghetto blaster. Obviously, now we're yeah, a more yeah. woke culture than we were in 2009. Yeah, and again, I think that that as far as um, you know, ableism goes, like normalizing the mean is it's it's not good, but it's definitely uh, as if the, if ableism is a spectrum, it's towards the um, lesser end of the spectrum. I think. Sure. Ev, tell me this. Do you think yes. it was a huge misstep, huge misstep, to call this song Quality? What a hard title to live up to. Am I right? I would have called it James Quality. Why James Quality? Because of James Qual, the famous singer. <laughs> I would have called it DJ Quality after the guy from The Office. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we're going to put a we're going to put a little clip of James Qual in here. <laughs> And then a little clip of DJ Qual in right, <laughs> falls in right here. Let's see if I can find both of them singing. Where the 
God, do you think I... I wish they would have a band together called Quality Time. That would be fucking great. Oh, God. <laughs> I yeah, love that. that. Would be great. <laughs> um, yeah, what a scary what a scary title for your song. Like, it's just setting setting up for disappointment, naming your song. Like, I don't know. Naming- well, I mean, but the, the, the quality in the context of the song is sort of a tongue-in-cheek, because this guy is obviously not quality right i know that's kind of the, that's kind of the joke you're right but it, it's very it sets itself up for reviewers to be like quality not so much am i right like well the joke's on them because the song is not is about that sort of thing this but is anyway, true. Uh, like what would you have named it uh i would have named this song um oh boy i guess i would have called it the same rhyme over no i wouldn't have called it that i would have called it uh <laughs> uh, uh, uh this is the truth I would have called it the truth. Huge buffet. Huge buffet. Vikingu, I would have called it. What are they called? Vikingu. Vikingu. Yeah, that's right. Uh, in Japan, buffets Vikingu. are called yeah, Vikingu. Right. Uh, FYI for listeners. Um, what would you have called this song? It's like the smorgasbord. Uh, I would have called it Vikingu. Vikingu. Okay, right. We hit the yeah, nail. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I've got it written down right here. Vikingu. <laughs> sure. um, I think that yeah, I think it was it was okay. It was okay. Like kind of just it kind of rambled along. I felt like the uh, um, chorus kind of sound like a commercial jingle to me mm-hmm. which i which i enjoyed because that kind of played into the yeah. the oddness of the song like the the sort of tongue-in-cheek and i think i i liked this song i didn't like this song as a piece of music sure but i think i liked what it was trying to do sure yeah i guess so i like silly songs i like yeah but it, this one just didn't it didn't hit me in the right place for some reason i don't know yeah this is kind of just a bummer of a song uh do you have anything else to talk about or should we skip over to other versions um, let me see if I have anything else here. No, I do not. Okay. I have a lot of notes about little people, if you want to ask me about them. Sure, yeah. Tell me every, tell me all your little people notes. Oh, I just, uh, I, I, I was like, um, just, I spent about an hour scrolling through all the wiki- wikis from all the little people that were linking off of Billy Barty. Nice. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember, like, I mean, obviously you get like Vern Troyer and Peter Dinklage and stuff like that, and like Warwick Davis, but like, there's also like, like, uh, Tony Cox, uh, the guy from, like, Bad Santa and Willow, oh. um, and, uh, Phil, Phil Fondacaro, who was always a treat. He was also in Willow, but I remember him from, um, The Creeps, which is where a bunch of little people, uh, well, actually, you, they, like, they sneak into a, ma- a wax museum and some evil scientist is, like, trying to bring back the, the universal monsters. That's fun. Uh, to kill people That's and, like, fun. be slaves. But he gets it wrong, so the universal monsters come back, but they're all little people. Oh, that's fun! And they're still they're still pretty scary. Like they still kill people, but it's a uh, pretty fun. And then uh, obviously, Warwick Davis from my my beloved Leprechaun movies, Kenny Baker who did R two D two. Yeah, I'm looking at his entry lock. right now. There's a there's a bit from Comedy Bang Bang where somebody wants their creepies and their little versions of monsters, and I didn't understand that was a reference to something until right now. So thank you for that. I think it's a I think it's a full moon picture. Okay. And so so you you get you take you get what you get with a full moon picture. They're kind of they're kind of cheesy for a reason. Sure. Um, but I feel like there's a lot, especially with like little uh, little people, women. It's a lot harder to find them. I mean, because it was like Zelda Rubenstein from like Poltergeist and stuff like that. Linda Hunt. Linda Hunt. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. Interesting. Um, so okay, I I had no idea. Uh, my wait is is dwarfism uh, generally more prevalent in males? Is that the I wonder the science behind that? No, I think it's just I think it's just uh, we want women in movies to be hot. Okay, and uh, little people, little little women don't always conform to sort of our shitty expectations of female beauty. Sure. So they don't show up as often. Sure. Yeah. I think, and I think that we can. As far as character actors go, they've been predominantly women always anyway, yeah. right? I mean, we're seeing, we're, and little people are, at least until very recently, character actors, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that checks out. 
Interesting. Um, let's talk about some of the other versions of this song. First up, let me just say, okay, live, nowhere. Mm-hmm. Did you find any live versions of this song? Nope, I did not. In fact, uh, like every time I tried to look it up, I got like uh something high like quality Barnes and noble Barnes and so- something labs. Yeah. yeah, like I got a bunch of results for this, yeah. but uh, they definitely were not the uh, um, what I was looking for. On setlist.fm, it says it was only played live twice, once in concert and once on Ships and Dip One. And I went looking through like hmm. I took far too much time looking through like raw Ships and Dip like. 60 minute videos just paging forward trying to find them sing quality and then like at some point i was like what the fuck am i doing with my life what they're gonna do is gonna play a shittier version of quality and then i'm gonna be like well that was that and then i'm gonna report that to evan on the podcast and anyway all in all i could not find it so and i didn't try after a while it was basically uh, yeah i found that i mean the only one i found was the bathroom session the bathroom was the only yes um and it was just quality wasn't anything doodly do about that the most interesting part that i found about it was uh ed's description that he wrote for it yeah yeah i write i wrote that so yeah go ahead sure yeah ed was ed is obsessed with billy barty uh in part because he shares a birthday with him which is very cool he Mm -hmm. goes into a tangent about meeting alec baldwin once and discussing uh celebrity birthdays (laughs) that they share with people it was just very cute and all the comments were people shouting out which celebrity birthday they share which was great so ev in the spirit of that i ask i don't i do not know you don't you've never done this like as a kid or anything no. Wow. No. In my, I know in my head that June 25th, buddy boy, that's Kenny G's birthday. And I'll never forget that. I knew that since I was a <gasps> child. G. Oh, yeah. I oh, sure. man, you are a lucky boy. Kenny G is one of my favorites going home. <laughs> you know that they play, you know, that, that going home. We're going to put a little going home right here. This episode um, has so many clips from that's me. the uh, that's the uh, um, music that Chinese stores in China, mainland China, play when it's their time to like close up business. Really, and like everyone needs to go home for the day, so like they'll just start they'll just start playing that over the speakers, and um, so it's sort of like a it's got a lot of cultural cachet over there. It's like a weird song, and of course, Careless Whisper, his uh, ultimate um, thing. Did you know that Kenny G actually um, he doesn't make he makes most of his money. Um, playing the stock market he's a he's like a data analyst who does a lot of investing uh, he also has a very good golf game uh he's got like a the highest handicap of one of he's one of the highest handicaps of any celebrity i did not know that but but here's one thing i did know i just went to kenny g's wikipedia just to you know while you were talking to get some more information about him mm-hmm. his birthday is june 5th 1956 my whole life i thought i shared a birthday with kenny <laughs> oh, g no. the truth is I don't know who that's just sent my whole life into a tailspin. Holy fuck. Well, how about this? How about this Saker? We will celebrate your birthday on June 5th going forward from now. <laughs> I on. would not mind that. That would be great for me. Oh my God. June 25th is a fucking wasteland. Ricky Gervais, George Orwell. Oh, oh yucky. Uh, uh, actually, that's pretty good. Yeah, I guess that's fine. I like George Orwell. Oh, man, what a bummer. All right. Ricky Gervais, I could take or leave. Yeah. Oh, I, I will leave, in fact, I think. I will say. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get rid of him. Uh, oh, and Rain, that South Korean, uh, He they were, like, trying to pitch him as a movie star in the U.S. for a while. Do you remember Rain? Nope. Okie dokie. Never mind. He was in, I think, Speed Racer. 
and maybe that's all he was ever in. <laughs> they tried to like pitch him as a uh, as a movie star in the U.S. for a while. Uh, it did not work out. Well, I think they were probably about ten years too early. Probably because South Korea is blowing up in a big way now. It's true. Uh, one more version. Did you listen to the demo, Ev? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, big chunky synths. I don't listen to demos because they are demo stands for demons. <laughs> <laughs> they just everyone forget, knows that forget they're the demonic end. they're from they're of the devil and being a good uh Christian follower boy. of the light uh-huh. light i cannot in any way uh conscience any sort of darkness in my of course uh, listening the light mm-hmm. and the life evan dickon only uh, purified studio versions will pass my ear <laughs> earballs Big chunky synths, more ambling guitar. It's just a weirder, more loose, unmixed version of the regular song. The only big difference is that Ed does both of the call and answer parts, it sounds like, uh, during the bridge when Steve usually does them. Um, and that's it. Less good. Uh, already bad song, but less good version of it. Ebo, can you tell me what dating sim is this song like? I could. Will you? Yes. I will. You can, you you will, you do. Because we're friends. Thank you. This, of course, is none other than the Gachimuchi-kun's Meat Log Mountain. Meat Log Mountain. Okay. Tell me about Meat Log Mountain. Well, as you can tell from the the title, it's a pretty explicit homoerotic game. (laughs) Okay, sure. Uh, So, listeners, if you want to go play it, uh, just, uh, just warning. It's uh, very explicit. Does it still exist? There... Can you find links yeah, to the yeah, game? Yeah, I think okay, you can. I, I'm almost sure you can download it. Um, okay. It came out like 10 years ago. It came out about when this album came out. Oh, um, Jesus. Okay. So it's 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 an older game. Um, so you play as Thaddeus Cub, a graduate fresh out of med school. You head from the big city, which is Japan by way of Britain. So it's like, okay. it's like Japan, but it's everyone's white there, and they talk with English accents. Interesting. So, sort of thing. Okay. So... Um, so you're going to serve as the new doctor for a lumber town out in the middle of nowhere, uh, populated by various "quote unquote" daddy bears. <laughs> so um, you have to uh, basically you are it's a it's a like I said it's a, a bear game. Okay. So you uh, are using your various aspects. You are you are um, well you're a quality medical guy, but also you're like the like the uh, protagonist of this song pretty unethical it seems like that because your point the point of the game is to romance and sleep with your patients okay um so there are various patients that you can serve um some of them are humans some of them are orcs some of them are demons oh neat okay um, which again that's why i thought about the demo version i don't usually like demons but for the for this (laughs) podcast i will uh i will uh, do it but yeah so you have to employ your biology and technology uh to help them uh, and your neurology also but then of course theology with regards to your demon patients. So so you see how he's like, he's just talking about this. Yeah. Any mirology in there? That doesn't exist. Oh, right. Um, okay, sure. So. What? Neither do orcs. Yeah. So, <laughs> shit, fair enough. <laughs> uh, interesting. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, basically, you're, it's just a, it's a pretty explicit homoerotic game where um, you... Uh, Again, uh, the the main character is from like this English Japan thing, so obviously he's been to both of those places, like right. uh, in this song. Right. Um, he's a little bit uh, standoffish at first because he's replacing an old doctor, uh, Doctor Brown, I think, was the name of the old doctor in this uh, lumber town. Oh, the guy uh, who, who sells died. the sodas. So, um, what? The guy who sells yeah, the sodas. Yeah, Doctor Brown. Okay. <laughs> okay. He sells those sodas. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Cool. Yeah, exactly. Like, why, why become a doctor if you can't uh, release your own branded product? That's what I always <laughs> sure, say. Me too. Uh, interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, Ev, interesting that you should bring this game up right now because it seems like as of January of this year, this game is having a second life. Did you know that? Uh, I did not. Because uh, the this is a quote from at LeonTrans692 on Twitter. The Meatlog Mountain series that had been notorious for having an obscenely secure DRM has finally been cracked. So whatever, 10 years after it came out, you can finally play it for free without DRM. Uh, they've, I don't know who has been working on cracking Meatlog Mountain <laughs> for the past 10 years, but you can finally play Meatlog Mountain live uh, on your computer. Um, as it stands from the Visual Novel Database, three ratings for Meatlog Mountain, and all three of them, straight up tens, my friend. This is yeah. a good game. I feel like the the, uh, the the conceit is on the tin, and if you're on board, then you're going to like it 10 out of 10. Sure, sure, absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Ev. Very interesting. No, it wasn't. <laughs> don't, don't fucking patronize me. I have to I have to move the podcast along. Whether or not it's interesting, I have to segue into us rating this song. Ev, now's the part of the show where we rate this song. As you know, we rate on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more clothes this song is wearing, the worse it is. The fewer clothes, the better. So, Ev, on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed, where does this song fall for you? I'm in high school. I'm in class. I'm in uh, English class. We still had English classes in high school, right? Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but not like not like grammar, not like learning how to speak the English sure. language, but like reading like reading. English literature. Like, yes, absolutely. By, by English literature, I mean like white dudes writing about. So like I was went back in like the 90s, early aughts. So I was reading like Beowulf and sure. you know, fucking Melville and shit. Not that those are bad books, but at the same time, it, my literature education was not very diverse. But so in this class, my teacher is shouldn't should not be teaching. Um, he is a, uh, very sort of, I don't want to say sexually aggressive, but very, um, verbally pr promiscuous teacher. Is this real? No. Oh, okay. I'm, sorry, 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 is, sorry. This is a story I'm telling. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> uh, he's a verbally promiscuous teacher. So he's always sort of like implying, uh, a lot of double entendres. He's always kind of like, like, just like getting calls from his like ex-wife in class and taking them and making us listen to them. Mm -hmm. But um, he finally has to go up like like he's he's also a very easy teacher which is why people take the class um and finally like he gets out that he's an easy teacher he's like well you know what screw it i i, I don't even care about this anymore i want you all to write me a 10-page essay about being naked okay i want you to write i want you to go home and i want you to think about being naked i want you to describe your bodies in intimate detail <laughs> i want you to to like tell me about what you do I want you to tell me about all sorts of things. And I am not going to jack off to these. I just want them <laughs> to think about, um, I want you to think about what it means to be fully exposed before an audience. Sure. Because um, um, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, leaving the literature to, to go into acting. And uh, so I go home and I write a, uh, um, I write, I do it because I, you know, I was a good student. I wasn't a great student, but I was a good student. I did what I was supposed to do. Right. So I write this, I write this, plug out this 10 page essay describing my nude form. And I have to like, <laughs> take off my clothes and look at myself in the mirror. But then I put them immediately back on because, you know, anyway. So I go to class and I hand it, uh, we go to hand in our notes only to find out the teacher has been fired. Of course, he <laughs> should have been fired. Right. Like, and then like half the class didn't write the paper because they were smart enough to know that this is a bad thing to do. Sure. And like, they just told the principal who came in and fired the guy. Uh, the rest of us like have these like weird essays about us being naked. So I just take it home and I like look at it and then I just burn it. And that's my rating of the song. Like, 
I'm still wearing all my clothes, but, you know, I liked what this song was trying to do, in theory. It was trying to get me to write a paper about myself being naked. Um, sure. It was trying to be naked. Very hard. Sure. Um, I mean, can't we argue so, that every song is trying very hard to be naked? But I felt like I felt like there was a lot to commend about this song. It, it just it just totally flubbed the execution for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I did not I didn't like the song that much. It was I don't think it was that great of a song, but like it had so many like promising it had so much promising like flashes of nudity in it that um you know I was describing and maybe I maybe I put this maybe I remember this maybe I didn't actually burn it and I put it on as a like a um some uh some fiction some some fiction on the internet some someday yeah you know, removing all the uh the, the the juicy juiciest sure. things and everything like that okay um boy Fanfic. oh boy uh yeah but i'm trying to i'm thinking now you're right this one did have a lot of potential to it uh, especially for you mentioning billy barty and you being a billy barty fan i'd be like holy shit this would be like if in one week if one week were a bad song like they name drop sailor moon and then i'm like <laughs> oh, what the, this song sucks that's that's unfortunate um for me fuck it's it's uh yeah i think it's very similar because i feel like uh it's july 15th uh and tomorrow is my anniversary and my partner and I are going to pick up a Giordano's deep dish pizza, just like we did this year. But we're going to go out to the park, me and my partner and our little boy. And uh, we're going to have a picnic in the park with this Giordano's. Uh, we're going to sit and it's going to be a blast. We're going to be socially distanced from everybody and still enjoying the outdoors. Um, and uh, I, I wake up on that day and I throw on, you know, a, a sleeveless shirt and some shorts uh, and uh, I, I look outside and I see that it is pouring down raining, just absolutely pouring down raining. And I, I'm just, I've been let down by this song was titled quality. It was supposed mm -hmm. to be my anniversary. They tricked me with the title of this song. And so I, you know, I go outside and I feel the temperature and I go inside and I throw on a windbreaker and maybe some sweatpants instead of shorts. And we still trudge out to Giordano's and we just, we eat it while we watch TV that night or a movie and we still have a really good time. It's good. It's just, they tricked me. It's not as good as it could be. It's not quality. It's subpar, subpar. Oh, I'm so sorry. <sighs> That's all right. I forgive you. I like. I think I like deep dish pizzas more in theory than in practice. Like I really enjoy them, and man, I like a Lou Malnati's. Like um, to the point where I'll basically they have like frozen pizzas you can buy, and they're expensive too. Like if you order like a Lou Malnati's frozen pizza, it's like twenty fucking bucks. Yeah, for sure. To get it shipped, and it's not that it's just a frozen pizza. Like it's still though, but for some reason I get that hankering, bud. Yeah. I don't, I'm not understanding why you don't go hand. to Giordano's. It's in town. You don't have to order a frozen pizza. I know. I will someday. I just never got around to it. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Uh, we'll be right back with more It's All Been Done, a Panicus Ladies podcast. <laughs> Hi, Evan. Hi. Um, I want to make... I want to invent something. <laughs> I want to invent something really good. Okay. But like, like something that... Something that uh, people okay. Let's just let's just spitball here. Let's just go. Let's just figure out what we're doing here. Um, so I want to invent something that is a riff on a current thing that everybody uses, like sure, say post-it notes or something like that. Okay. What about um? Let's, let's spitball here. Post-it notes. Uh, gross-it notes. Gross-it notes. You uh, it's something disgusting written on every single uh one. Do so, I have to be here so for when this? You, when, you <laughs> when you take a note, when 
you take a note, what is it just my spit, my spit, my spit, uh, once you take a note, like, whatever you write on there is gonna be less gross than what is already written on the card, so you're improving it. Sure, or maybe it takes whatever you write and it twists it into something disgusting. So if I said, uh, take off the hose and spray down the plants, it says, uh, pick in your nose and pull down your pants. That's a gross that note. <laughs> so it's like an app. It's an app. They're not post-it notes per se. It's like a message app. Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. I like the I like the that, idea. Like, that, that, like misreads it misreads what you write and sends sends a unfortunate. Oh, there we go. I think we've I think we're hitting on this we're bug. Hitting on so it. It's like a, it's a messenger. It's a yep. messenger, but uh, it uses predictive text to make whatever you're saying way more terrible than you actually say it. Yes, it's got a lot of rhymes. It does a lot of rhyming words. It does a lot of that. Uh, yeah. Um, that's, I think we hit the nail on the head, grossed it notes. That's a perfect name, too. We're going to have to clear it by 3M, which is kind of a bummer, and I'm pretty sure they're going to shoot it down. But uh, what kind of people do you think would use grossed it notes? Um, I feel like... You know, I hate to I hate to say, but probably like alt-right people who are being, who are thinking, like, saying that they're thinking they're being transgressive under the guise of blatant racism. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, oh, shit... What was that? It was like Facebook, but it was a social network that was uh, alt-right friendly. It was like oh, Stormfront. No, it was, it was like Floop or Blomp or like just like uh-huh. some one-word phrase, and it immediately petered out because it had like you know a hundred members as opposed to Facebook's billions of people. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, good, good. It should have. Ev, let me let me pitch this to you. Let's say okay, that. Pitch, pitch me an invention. Let's say, well, no, let's, let's say you create an invention, um, and, uh, it becomes an instant hit and you become a millionaire, but you find out that your primary audience is, uh, alt-right chodes. Um, they're not using it for evil, but they fucking love your invention. You can't figure out why. How do you feel? Do you feel happy? Do you feel sad? I think I would feel... It would depend. Like you said, they're not using it for evil, so it's not helping their agenda at all. They're right. just like it's just a, it's, it's like a blender. Love my, they love my brand of they love my brand of Q-tips. Exactly. Like just like you know, alt-right people have waxy ears, just like everyone else. Sure. Like assholes have assholes have waxy ears, and they just like these Q-tips are perfect for the canals of a white ear sure. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like they've even though that wasn't how I designed them, but sure. like it gets out, and then they just start buying. Like I don't know. I think what I do is just. Uh, quietly donate uh, as many as much proceeds as I could to like liberal charities okay all right that's a that's a smart and move then, uh, so basically I'm I'm, t- I'm taking their if they're not using if they're not using to make q-tips for evil then I'm taking their money and I'm using it for good okay so that's their that's that's like what I do on Facebook now um, whenever I get into an argument with a bad faith actor like a real piece of shit um, every time they make a fool of themselves I donate twenty dollars to a liberal charity and gosh that gets some steam do you do it I'm gonna donate I'm doing it anyway so this is just more fun do you do it in their name that really pisses them off Oh gosh, I didn't even because I just uh, um, I just do it via, via PayPal. Oh okay. All the, the charities in there. Sure, but, sure. Gosh, yeah. I'll have to start doing it in people's names. That's really fun. Yeah, that that gets yeah. them gets them right in the right where it hurts. Gets them real good. Yeah. yeah. And I, I also tell them if they block me, I'm gonna donate a hundred dollars. But I'm in a real I'm in a real privileged position vis-a-vis like donate being able to donate money. So um, and I do it anyway. So it's just I just want to troll some right wingers with it. Sure, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, speaking of a uh, an entire genre that uh, is sometimes co-opted by bad faith actors, but we are taken back, and by we I mean certainly not me, but uh, queer people in general. Uh, that's comic books. Uh, and we have a comic books, uh, a queer comics podcast here on the Orange Groves called Sequentially. Sequentially is a monthly podcast where Day explores the exciting world of web comics and indie comics. 
Um, Today's latest episode, uh, season episode three of season one, getting hell bent out of shape. Comic creators interview. Uh, It's Sequentially's first interview with a comic creator. Um, Hell Bent is the story of a woman and her fight against the patriarchy, but mostly vampires. Uh, they're interviewing Kate Rightly of Hell Bent, uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's a fun pod. Ev, I'm wondering what what monster, what traditional monster would best represent the patriarchy? Because like, vampires seem like the vampires are a little too like Lucy. Oh no, because they have specific rules that they follow, and they get kind of pissed off that that people don't follow the rules, and they're kind yeah. of conservative. And but are they trying to keep anybody down, vampires? Yeah, I mean humans are cattle for them yeah yeah okay all right that tracks that tracks or maybe maybe it's werewolves like because like um so like the patriarchy is insidious right it looks just like everybody else right just like a werewolf they can walk around in uh, regular society at any time uh and be totally recognized as a man um but sometimes Let's just say, uh, on a schedule, okay. it, it, they break out and murder somebody. Sure. Right? They, they kill and eat people, just like the patriarchy. Yeah. So, um, but no, I don't, that doesn't quite track for me. I'm, I'm feeling vampires more. Interesting. I feel like, to me, the patriarchy is a shug monkey. Uh, you know, the folklore of Cambridgeshire uh, in, uh, in, <laughs> in England. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's kind of a variation on the black shuck. So, in any case, um, shug monkeys haven't been reported in a long time since World War II, so that's probably wrong. But nobody really, I don't know. I mean, Wait, what is a sh- what is a shug monkey? Uh, a shug monkey is like a cross between how do I describe it? A big rough-coated dog and a monkey with big shining eyes that sometimes shuffles along on its hind legs and other times would whiz past on all fours. You know. Hmm. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, yeah. Actually, my uh, my municipality um, actually had a monkey, like a, a an urban legend monkey thing. Really? The, um, apparently, um, this is what they think is somebody in the neighborhood had a howler monkey. Okay. Like as a pet, and it got out or something like that. Um, because our local police saw the howler monkey, and there were several sightings of this howler monkey, and you could you could hear it sometimes in the night, uh-huh. like late at night, it would howl, and that's very distinctive, like howl, to the point that we had fish and game, like like people showing up to like ask questions about the monkey, and I remember being along the uh, walking along the path and uh, being approached by two like fish and game people or fish and wildlife, and they were like, hey. Um, not gonna cause any. We're not here to, to raise any issues or cause any problems here. But uh, we just we're just walking around, letting everybody know that um, if anyone were to have a howler monkey here, they wouldn't be in trouble. They just need to turn it in because you're not allowed to have exotic animals as pets. So you know, no big deal. Just between you and me, if someone were to come forward and turn in the howler monkey, um, then they would just it would not be there'd be no fines or nothing like that. We'd just take the animal and we'd, we'd take it somewhere safe and it would be cared for. And so I was like, uh, yeah, I don't have a howler monkey button. They're like, okay, no, we're just going around telling everybody that. So it's not, it's not, we're, not we're not picking you out or anything. Sure. But it was just a weird encounter that I had. Well, you think you would know if you were next door to a howler monkey. Like, I, yeah. They, yeah, you would. They have to be able to, to triangulate the source of that howler monkey, I would think. Well, it got it got out. It escaped, and it was a uh, it was part of a part of the monkey. Oh, and, oh, yeah. oh, I see, I see, I see. Interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. So it was just it was just in the neighborhood. It's our it's our it's our local legend now. The howler monkey. Huh. Cool that you guys have your own little. Do you guys name it like the? 
Like, fuck no, but they did sell, the community association did sell shirts with, like, a picture of, like, a howler monkey howling at the moon, and it just said, I want to believe on it. That's badass! What a cool shirt! Unfortunately, I was not part of the community association at the time, so I didn't, because I had just just moved to the neighborhood, like, a couple months prior, Um, and, uh... They don't have. Didn't get one of those shirts. They don't have a box of them sitting in a basement somewhere. No, unfortunately, they sold out. That sucks. Those were great. I told you, those were great shirts. Yeah, for for real. Uh, anyway, that's sequentially the queer comics <laughs> podcast, <laughs> only on the Orange Groves. And we're back with more. It's all been done. A bare naked ladies podcast. Now's the time in the show when we spin that big wheel and try to figure out which segment we're gonna do. Ooh, interesting. Celebrity. Which celebrity is this song about? Um, huh. Okay. Obviously, James Qual and DJ Qual. Sure. Quality time. Quality time. (laughs) Um, so somebody, a washed up celebrity, probably not, actually not even washed up. Fuck. I mean, Trump, right? I mean, did we kind of hit the nail on the head with that? Somebody who has more money? It might be Trump. Yeah, it could be, but like also like. Japan is sort of the place that like washed up celebrities go to like peddle, you know, Suntory whiskey and shit. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Or like, I remember, uh, do you remember, it was like, was his name Billy Blakes or something like that? Remember Taibo? Yeah, Billy Blank. Billy Blank. Yes. Yeah. He was over in Japan when I was over there the first time and he was a fucking, so like they were like meeting him at the airport and he got to like go in like a limo and he was doing like a Taibo class for like the emperor. Uh-huh. It, was, it was, he was all over the fucking news. That sounds, it was just ridiculous. That sounds like, amazing. I didn't see him or anything. Right. Yeah. He had like interviews on every, every Japanese station and he spoke a little bit of Japanese. Oh. So they just made fun of did him. Did he really? Oh, they, they made fun of him. That's sad, man. Yeah. Yeah. They make, they, they are pretty, uh, uh they're pretty racist. That's, that is unfortunate. I, Although I guess it's universal throughout all cultures. If you're not as smart as we are in our language, we're going to make fun of you. Well, I mean, Japan has a, has a specific sort of, uh, I don't, I don't want to call it racist impulse, but like nationalist impulse or not, not even jingoist. It's like we are, and it's a lot of monocultures that way. Like the Swedes are the same way where like they think they're better than everybody sort of thing. Sure. Um, and it's just, and, and Japan gets that. They're like when I was on there, you remember Beat Takeshi? Yeah, of course. From Takeshi's Castle? Yeah, yeah. From uh, MXC. He had a show... Yeah, yeah, yeah. MXC, that's what yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, he had a show when I was over there. I think either the first or second time where he would just invite foreigners who spoke a bit of Japanese, like conversational Japanese, and then just make fun of their pronunciation the whole time. Oh, that's fun! Wow, that what was, a fun show! That was his talk show. What a fun show! Yeah. It's a, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine and, uh, if we had that show in America? Holy shit! Yeah. Good lord! Ugh. And like, and like a lot of shows, and and again. A lot of shows in Japan are just them going around and eating food and talking about how good it is. But then again, like I, I was kind of, uh, you know, I, I joked about that when I was over there. But then I came home and I'm like, yeah, I fucking love the Food Network. I love to watch people eat good oh, food. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, and then there's just talk shows. There's just talk shows. Do you ever watch that uh, Simpsons episode where they go to Japan? Is that the uh, Mr. Sparkle episode? Yes. Mr. Sparkle. Yeah. There's one. There's one joke in there that I remember. It's when they're on a game show or something and. They're like, okay, you can go free, Homer, but you have to answer one question about Japan. Uh-huh. And he's like, is the answer Japan? And they're like, yes, actually it is. <laughs> and that was like every fucking like talk game show there too. They were just talking about like, do you know who has the most flowers per capita? <laughs> Japan. Like, it's just like that sort of stuff. That's and, great. You know, 
again, any in- inward facing monoculture, you're going to have that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, sure. And absolutely. I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on the so, Japanese. So wait, what's cele- They are no better nor worse than anyone else. So the celebrity in this case is Billy Blanks, you think? This is Billy Blank. This is Billy Blank. Okay. Yeah. The creator, originator of Tybo. Sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Do, do you think if you're Do you think if you're Billy Blank, you, Blank? I think it's Billy Blanks, right? Or is it Billy Blank? I don't know, and I'm not willing to look it up. Yeah, I was just about to look it up, but I'm it's like, I won't even it. click for a second. Yeah. But uh, um, do you think he knew he had a shelf life like from the fucking beginning? Boy, I don't know. I don't think anybody who's in their 15 minutes knows that they're in their 15 minutes. I, th- I feel like they must all believe that this is going to be their life now. Do you think that's true? I mean, like, does he, you think he seriously like looked in the mirror and was like, all right, I'm going to ride this wave till, till it's over, till the end. I mean, like, I, Tybo is the new, Tybo is the new everything. I think he believed in Tybo. And I think once it caught on, he probably thought like, I did it. Like now people respect Tybo and I'm going to be the Tybo mm-hmm. King. And like, probably right. When you dedicate your life to something and then it hits the mainstream, you're like, fuck yeah, this is forever now. I get it. Yeah. yeah bullet ball. I understand. <laughs> Sorry. Is that a, a sport? Oh, but do you ever want to watch? Yeah. You want to watch the saddest shark tank uh, episode ever. Um, there's a guy who created this game called bullet ball. And um, we can put the clip down in the show notes okay. and I want to make Saker watch it someday, okay. but it is very sad. He is, uh, his, it destroyed his marriage. Oh, no. He's given his whole life over to this. He is sleeping in like a van. Oh, he Jesus. is like doing everything. And the game is kind of, it's not a good game. And he like plays it with the, uh, he plays it with one of the judges and just fucking beats the shit out of them. He's like, point, I got a point. I got another point. Oh, I'm really good at this game. Like, and the judge is obviously getting more and more pissed. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm not interested in this game. This game sucks." And the guys like, and they like the guys like they're like, "You, you, you have nothing left. Like, maybe you should like, you know, go back and apologize to your wife. Like, try and get your life back together. You've got nothing at this point." And he goes, "I have bullet points." Oh my! And just walks away. Oh my god! What a fucking yeah. principled man. Principled to the goddamn end. Yeah. Oh, so, I yeah, apparently that. like the in the in the coda uh, bullet ball, it didn't take off, but apparently it, it, it got popular enough, maybe because of this, Probably. that like it was used in a yeah. So anyway, bullet ball. Oh, my God. Bullet ball. I I truly am going to, to look into a therapeutic table sport, of course. Bullet ball. Yeah, uh, I'm going to look that up. Um, Billy Blanks. Hold on. Let me run through. Right. Is he mm-hmm. like Billy Barty? Yeah, he's a regular size Billy. I mean, if we're using that that context. Right? Yes, yes, that's fine. He's a large, a large Billy. Yeah, he's a big Billy. Oh, big Billy is a great uh, nickname for somebody. Uh, does he have a, bi- <laughs> a biology that is inspired by Greek mythology? Absolutely. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. He is a fucking car- a carved statue. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, he went to England. He he probably was barely noticed after you know he left. Nobody remembers. You didn't even remember his name. Um, but mm-hmm. he did, in fact, serve up quality for a long time. And I'm sure if you still got into Tybo, I bet you can get into shape if you follow the principles mm-hmm. to the T. Yeah. But, the, you know, and he is a uh, and he's a practicing pastor. So he's also um, uh, theology. I, uh, it, mm, no, I just made that okay. up. I, don't think he's actually a <laughs> I, thought, I thought that might be true. Although it could be one of those crazy like MC Hammer stories where, you know, we find out that they have some second life that people didn't know about. Um, but yeah, that's, that sounds, uh, sounds wild to me. Um, yeah, he create so, so Tybo didn't exist before him. I mean, I'm sure that, yeah, I think he created it. Wow. Um, yeah. That's incredible. Uh, okay. Uh, any guesses on what, but, I mean, he... there was definitely like, there were definitely like martial art workouts before that. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Here we go. 
Blanks is a Christian and released a special line of Taibo workouts called the Believers series uh, that includes motivational prayers and other Christian components. He's appeared on the Christian television network, TBN. Wow, there it is. There we go. Right there. Incredible. So, yeah, I guess he is. He's fucking uh, getting getting shredded for God. Come gutters for Jesus. That's what I always say. <laughs> that should have been what his <laughs> Jesus, program was buddy. called. Come gutters for Jesus is very good. Uh, all right, great. I think we answered celebrity for this one. <laughs> Now's the time when we take an email from our friends, our fans, our stinky little dinkers. Uh, if you want to send us an email with a question in it, you can do so. That would be it's all been done podcast at gmail.com. This is a question from our friend Daniel H. Daniel, hi. Daniel H says If each member of BNL were one of the main characters of the show Friends, Joey Chandler, Ross, Monica, Phoebe, and Rachel. <laughs> Which one would they be? So, Ev, how much do you know about Friends? I may have seen... Like, I know a lot because I was alive and, like, a teenager when Friends was on the air. And so, like, I, I absorbed a bit, like, uh, through osmosis. Like, I know all of them. And I may have seen... Wow. I want to say I've seen 20 episodes. Wow! I, in their entirety. Over the course of my life. Yeah. Just because I was there sure. when Friends was on. Or, like... I wasn't like watching them. Sure. I was like in the room when sure. they were on. I was doing something else and, you know, in someone's house or something. I, I've, I've never seen an episode and I know the characters, maybe their names from, from just uh, being out there, cultural ephemera, collective consciousness, mm -hmm. but I don't know anything about them. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I've brought the friends wiki up uh, and I'm going to mm -hmm. tell you their personality traits based on the friends wiki. They're fricky. They're fricky. They're fricky. They're yeah. Frickles. Um, let's start with Rachel. Uh, Rachel's personality early on. That bitch. We're going to go with early Rachel. She does seem like a bitch. She's spoiled, self-centered, but sometimes sweet and tries to be a good friend. Who do you, which bare naked boy is? I, this has to be Steve, right? Well, I think that, um, you're probably gonna, you're probably gonna think that, uh, Monica's more a Steve, but you know, you just, you just go for it. Okay. Um, or maybe, or maybe a Ross. I don't know. Well, do you want to start with a Ross or a Monica then? Or do you, do you mind starting with a, well, who do you think well, Rachel is? Rachel. Um, so sweet, but also kind of stuck up. Uh, that's apparently yes. At the beginning of the series. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Jim. Cause I think that Jim, Jim is, Jim is, he's a sweet guy. Right. But I think that he also thinks like. He's obviously the best musician in the group, and he fucking knows it. Sure, okay. And so I bet he, uh, I bet he definitely, um, like, I bet there's a little bit of implicit that sort of implicit stuff because they're like, oh yeah, Jim's a technician. Jim's like a wizard with that bass. Okay. And he's like, yeah, I am. Yeah, I fucking am. Yeah. So he's a little bit stuck up. He's a little bit, a little uh, but he's also he's also a sweetie boy. See, let me. So then let me also tell you that of course Rachel is a pushover. Uh, do you think Jim is a pushover? I think so, because he's only gotten, what, three songs so far? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, very pushovery. Okay, all right. So, Jim... So, I think that... And, and I mean, Kev, Kev, jo Kev joined the band, like, literally 10 years after Jim mm -hmm. and has the exact same number of songs on the albums. Yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. So, oh, man, but does that mean that Jim is greedy? I don't know. Is Jim selfish? That's hard. Okay. Um, Monica is kind, caring, and friendly, but... Perhaps most notorious for her obsessive cleanliness. She's known to talk also abnormally loud. High maintenance, some have said. Bossy, somewhat competitive. You said that I would think that this would be Steve? I think so. Hmm. I don't see Steve as obsessively clean. I think Steve is the Oscar 
uh, in the Friends. The Oscar, <laughs> Oscar the Grouch, Oscar the the unclean. I don't know. I don't see. I think this is more of a an Ed, so, like kind. So if there, do you think Ed is Ed is obsessively clean? Uh, I think Ed is obsessive. I see. I see Ed as as the obsessive one, right? He wants things just his way. Don't you think so? Maybe hmm. maybe a little. I feel like Steve is Steve is way more obsessive than Ed. Hmm, I don't. I feel like Steve's kind of a perfectionist. Uh, all right, I think I could be bought. Assure me, assure me that there's a better match for Ed somewhere in here. Ooh, um, I can't because I don't remember actually the qualities of the the friends. Okay, so um, I know I know that we're gonna we're probably gonna get um, Phoebe's gonna be um. Kevin, almost assuredly, oh. so we can move on to okay, that. Okay, so Phoebe is Kevin. Uh, why? What's what's up with... Do you want me to... Let me read uh, Phoebe's personality real quick. Yep, read it. Read it and justify my rating. Uh, Phoebe, sweet-natured but odd, um, dim-witted, sometimes smart, but very much a child at heart, uh, believed that Santa Claus still existed. She's frank. I don't see any Kevin here. I mean, dim-witted? Okay, if any of them... If any of them believe that Santa Claus still exists, who do you think it well, is? Well, yeah, okay, you've got a point there. Okay. If any of them is easy, is easy breezy, like sort of a like a um, hippie sort of thing, it's it's Kev, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. All right. And I mean, sure. I don't think, and again, I don't think any of any of the BNL boys are stupid. Yeah. And, and Phoebe isn't stupid. She's just kind of she's kind of a uh, ditzy a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But um. She's not stupid. And also, of course, Phoebe is the most promiscuous of the three girls. Uh, and obviously, Kev gets mm-hmm. his fucking groove on. Gets around. All yeah, the time. he gets. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. He gets his. Uh, yeah, he gets his dick off. Uh, he uh, gets. And puts it. Puts it in a little a box. That's one hundred percent. He removes it from time to time. Uh, Joey Tribbiani. Um, that one, of course, Matt LeBlanc, uh, known for uh, good-natured, charming, well-meaning, also dumb. Wow, a lot of dumb people in Friends. A lot of just idiots. That's a common theme in that show. Yeah, huh? I mean, but yeah, well, I mean, not. There's only two of them. Two out of five, I guess. Two out but of, uh, yeah, six. Yeah. But I mean, that's a th- stupid people, stupid people, or ditzy people sort of raise more conflict, right? You can. You, there's more possibilities for jokes there because they don't get stuff. Sure, sure. He. And that's funny when somebody doesn't understand. Yeah, he loves food, women, sex, family, friends, jam. And the New York Knicks. Jam really stands out in that list. <laughs> Who do you think is the biggest Jam fanatic? Yeah, I'm thinking this is Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> sure, right? Yeah, it's got to be Tyler. Yeah, good-natured, charming, well-meaning, not so bright, almost 100%. Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay, done. We don't have to question that. Wait, so who's left, though? We have an Ed and an Andy. And we have Chandler uh-huh. Bing and Ross Geller. Here we go, baby. Here we go. One of these has to be Ed, and then Andy defaults to the last one. Let's go Chandler Bing first. Chandler never lets up by using sarcasm as a defense, and he has a tendency to come off as needy and makes bad first impressions. He's the most financially secure, uh, brash, zany, suffers from commitment issues. Hmm. I don't know. Would that be Andy? Like, he's... he's. Yeah, I mean, I don't know enough about Andy. He's needy. He suffers from commitment issues. He couldn't stay with the band. Um, you know, he's 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 brash. I would say that, you know, maybe that got him uh, blackballed a little bit. I don't know. Do you think whoever the fuck Ross is, do you think that he is Ed? 
Yeah, because Ross is sort of the, um, if there is a, like, protagonist. No, no, because I don't know, because I've watched 20 episodes. I don't fucking know. But, like, I always feel like a lot a lot of episodes focused on Ross because he was he was more sort of an audience insert. But he was all, he also had his problems, too. But I think, like, Ed and Ross have a lot in common. But, again, please read me the list of I, uh, um, qualities think, because I'm not sure. I think you nailed it. Smart, polite, caring, thoughtful, kind, socially awkward, um, arrogant, maybe. I think that's Ed right down to it. You got it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, for sure. Yeah. And a childlike need to always be right. Um, <laughs> and I think this kind of feeds into what I was saying before where, you know, he needs his own way. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we nailed it. So uh, who does that leave hooking up with who? Uh, because I know that, uh, eventually, um, who has a baby? Somebody has a baby, uh, Rachel and Ross. Uh, Mm. and I can't remember who we made Rachel. Uh, you know what? Truly doesn't matter. I am done with this segment. (laughs) We made, we made Steve, we made Steve Rachel. Holy shit. So Steve and Kev hook up and have a baby. No, that was Steve and Ed. Yeah, that's what I said. Steve and Ed hook up and have a baby. Oh, I thought you said Kev. Ed. (laughs) (laughs) Easy, easy to do. Cool. All right. Well, great job. Daniel, hope we answered your question. I'm very sorry, Daniel. <laughs> Ebo, we did it. That's another one bites the dust, my friend. Yep. Um, You can get with us. They should make a show about you us get... where we live in an apartment uh, together. You can make a board game out of it. I hate each other. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at Been Done Pod. Catch us on Facebook. It's all Been Done to Better Good Ladies podcast. Um, you can get in the discord, you can get in your own house if you have the keys to do so, uh, Ebo, you can get in a car and drive and just leave this place forever. Um, Ev, what do you have to plug this week? Um, volume. Ooh, not bad. Um, as, as in pump bit up i want you to listen to this podcast on maximum volume sure. get it as loud as you can okay so you're talking about- is this hurting your ears am i talking right now is it hurting your ears i'm not I promise i'm not going to scream or anything or like clip clip out i'm not trying to get you i just want you to turn up this as loud as you can and i want you to listen for as long as you can we just want a conversational tone to hurt you our words aren't doing it effectively mm-hmm. enough so we must inflict physical rather than emotional mm-hmm. pain how else will you know you are still alive unless your ears are hurting uh- from the sounds of our voices get in there i'm in your head now i'm gonna plug volume but in terms of hair like i want your hair to be voluminous that's Uh, what i am plugging this week Uh, i'm also gonna plug the patreon by the time this is out uh episode uh six of uh snack time two snacks two and snacks is up and that would be i can sing uh, which is a fun one, I think, Ebbo. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, it, it's almost a full episode, basically. <laughs> we spent a lot of time on it. It was a little sing. long, yeah. Uh, so check it out. Um, in the meantime, though, that's all we got. Uh, I'm Saker. I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in... One. One.